natural gas leaks and explosions can result in deadly and destructive crisis situations for companies and communities. In 2022, for example, the Associated Press reported that an explosion from a gas leak injured two workers at a U.S. Steel Corporation plant in suburban Detroit, Michigan. I'm Edward Siegel, a leadership strategy senior contributor for Forbes.com and author of the best-selling and award-winning book, Crisis Ahead, 101 Ways to Prepare for and Bounce Back from Disasters, Scandals, and Other Emergencies. My guest today is Bob Ackley, a nationally known gas safety expert. He's here to discuss natural gas leaks that can cause a crisis. Well, thanks for being with us today, Bob. Hi, good to be with you today, Edward. Uh, based on your experience, how big of a problem are natural gas leaks and, and why? Well, in the U.S., we have around 1.3 million miles of gas mains and 71 million gas service lines. With almost half the gas mains are classified as substandard, along with approximately 17 million substandard service lines. These substandard pipes were all installed pre-1970, are still presumably in use. The aging infrastructure is certainly a huge problem as old steel pipelines are susceptible to corrosion and cast iron pipes, especially small diameter, are susceptible to cracking failures. In 2021, the United States used 31 trillion cubic feet of gas. The EPA estimates that distribution pipelines leak about a half a percent of all gas used. So 152 billion cubic feet a year acknowledged to be lost to leaks. As long as there are gas pipes in use, there will always be an inherent danger of gas release and or explosion. Gas leak incidents are mostly caused by excavation damage, which is pipelines that are hit by a backhoe excavating equipment. But gas pipelines are also susceptible from leaks caused by corrosion of the pipes, mechanical failures of pipeline connections, pipeline material failures, and a real scary one is earth movements caused by earthquakes, washouts, and frost movement that can cause extremely hazardous conditions in literally seconds. This is what we call a natural force type of leak. And this occurred 9,485 times across the United States in, in 2021, but 26 times each day. In 2001, 2021, according to, to PIMSA, industry reported data, there were close to 200,000 potentially hazardous leaks reported across the United States. That comes out to 545 leaks per day around the country. And according to the National Fire Protection Administration, an estimated average of 4,200 home structure fires per year started with the ignition of natural gas. These fires cause an average of 40 deaths per year. So finally, in the US, local fire departments respond to an average of 340 natural gas or LP gas leaks per day with no ignition. So you can see here, it's, it, it really is a, a, an issue across the country with everybody that has gas. Well, given how big of an issue is, it is and how serious and dangerous uh, these gas leaks uh, pose, um, what role does the federal government play or should play in helping to ensure the safety of these gas lines? Well, the Department of Transportation includes what I mentioned before, PHMSA, 
which is the Pipeline Hazardous Material Safety Administration. And that regulates all types of pipelines in the United States. PIMSA regulates all kinds of pipeline integrity programs across the country. And PIMSA requires, regulations require periodic leakage surveys of all transmission and distribution pipelines and repair of any hazardous leaks detected. Additionally, PIMSA requires gas operators to educate the public on recognition and response to suspected gas leaks. Well, it shouldn't just be on the shoulders of uh, the federal government, should it? Uh, what kind of job do uh, or should the gas companies and local governments around the country do to help prevent or prepare for gas leaks and the explosions that they, uh, they might cause? Well, the federal and state regulations require the periodic leakage surveys and the education of the public on recognizing responding to the gas odors and education of excavation professionals on dig safe requirements to prevent 30 party damage. Even with all these measures, we cannot totally prevent incidents from occurring. The gas industry, in my opinion, has way too much influence on the regulators that has allowed the gas industry to emit natural gas unabated from non-hazardous leaks, leaks that have been deemed to never be able to cause an explosion. These leaks cause odors that people get used to and, and deter people from calling in potential hazardous leaks. Leaks can occur any time, and if there is an existing non-hazardous leak, people assume that the same leak is causing the odor. This happened in downtown Boston twice in a short period of time on Cambridge Street. Increased leakage surveys could help, but there's always a balance between resources and needs. And really, depending on where you live, old cities have old pipes where many other areas are mostly new pipes and the pipes are much less concerned. So it's a tough job uh, for the regulators uh, around the country. Well, given the influence you say the uh, gas companies have uh, on the regulators, um, if they weren't facing that kind of pressure, what more should the regulators be doing that they're not doing now? Well, the regulators from the state do require the periodic surveys. They do do cursory audits. But by and large, the industry does not want to have any explosions and they do what they can to alleviate them. But the regulators are pretty much powerless to do anything and have been really stymied by the big uh, gas companies. So do you think there should be legislation to uh, address this uh, lack of action by the, by the regulators because of the pressure of, uh, of the industry? Or should this be legislation or efforts beyond the uh, state or local level or uh, all at once uh, all over the place? I believe that PIMSA should regulate nationwide the repair of all gas leaks and give a timeline of when those leaks will be repaired. And we have methods now to determine which leaks are larger in volume. So we have a method to determine what we call super emitters. We can also require them to fix leaks that are damaging personal property, which really is vegetation and trees. So there's a lot that the regulators can do, but they have not had the will to do it over the last several decades that I can see. Well, Bob, given the fact that there are millions of miles of uh, gas pipelines across the country, 
and it sounds like millions of uh, potential gas leaks every year. What steps are the federal government or local gas companies taking to help prevent these gas leaks from uh, becoming a larger problem in terms of surveys or tests or other uh, preventive measures? Well, every piece of pipe that's out there has a timeline for a periodic leakage survey. And the leakage surveys typically are done with gas detecting equipment, a flame ionization unit or other gas detecting equipment. And the root of the pipe has gone over and any gas detected is investigated to see if it can cause an explosion. So those, the mains are typically done at least every three years. So they do a third of the system. And the service lines are done depending on the material. If they're steel services, or, or I should say non-plastic, they're typically done every three years. And then the plastic ones are required every five years. So if you have a hundred year old service coming to your house, the gas company will come typically about every three years and check that service line for leaks. And they're also required to inspect any exposed piping that they own for atmospheric corrosion. That would be the meter set and, and the other pipes. So what's really important is in between those surveys, they're really relying on the public to smell the gas and call in a leak. They're, they're really just hoping that nothing happens because the survey's done once every three years on a 100-year-old on a pipe. And that's, that's really the only method that they're using to detect those leaks is if the customer smells it or they detect it on that every three-year survey. Well, in terms of preventing a crisis, uh, hope is not uh, is never a good strategy. Hoping that something won't happen. Uh, what steps can a homeowner do to get a reality check as to uh, whether and when um, their pipes have been inspected and that the survey has has been done? That's another good question where you could ask the gas company for that record, but they never charge for a safety check. So any customer could call up the gas company and say, hey, can I get a safety check? I mean, and I think they'll come out. And, and I think if you ask them how old their gas pipe is and where the shutoff valve is, they should, they should tell you. And if they don't, I would call up my local Department of Public Utilities, which when I say local, I mean state, and, uh, and inquire with them, you know, what's coming into your home? Do you have one of these old pipes? When was it inspected? And... Um, I, that would give peace of mind, I think, to, to people, especially that live in old homes. Well, you just mentioned uh, the issue about the impact of gas leaks on trees and vegetation. Uh, share with us a little bit more about the dangers that uh, gas leaks uh, pose on trees and vegetation that are near those gas leaks. Well, it's really widely known in the industry, across the industry, where I worked for 30 years detecting gas pipeline leaks. And we were trained on the very first day to notice uh, the sign of a gas leak was dead or dying vegetation. So the fact that leaking gas is in the root zones of vegetation, it slowly kills the grass, trees, the shrubs. And this, this has been well known for over a hundred years. So any gas leak that's around a tree or uh, 
vegetation should be repaired as soon as it's uh, detected. And that's a huge problem that's been gone uh, by the wayside for many years. What signs should people uh, look for when they're walking down the street and they, they smell gas? Is there something they should be looking out for, for how it uh, might already be impacting uh, the vegetation or the trees near those leaks? Well, absolutely. Uh, the gas companies all have a gas leaking recognition and response. Uh, and it's a duty to educate their customers. And natural gas, it's colorless and odorless, but they add the pungent odor that's like a rotten egg smell. And sometimes the ground itself will filter out that mercaptan, which is the odorant. But right in their own literature, they say you may see a white cloud, mist, fog, bubbles in standing water, blowing dust, or vegetation that appears to be dead or dying for no apparent reason. So why is a tree or, or, or plants dying? Uh, it's, really, it's really something that um, most people don't know, even though they get these cards in the mail. Uh, the, the, one of the last ones they have on the typical leak recognition and, and response is you may hear an unusual noise like roaring, hissing, or whistling. I would hope that people would really be educated on this and uh, realize they have to call a gas company. So in addition to calling the gas company when they're concerned or they see signs of the impact of gas leaks on trees or vegetation, um, what other steps do you recommend that companies and people take now to help protect themselves against these leaks? Well, it's really knowing about what is on or near the property that you own or are living at or where you work. And if you ever smell gas, you should just call in 911. But also some things to make yourself safe is to know what the pipes are in your own home and on your own property. Like I had indicated earlier, many of the pipes are substandard. Many of the pipes are over a hundred years old. So do you know what type of material the pipe is that's coming into your house? because it could be steel, it could be copper, it could be plastic, it could be cast iron, it could be a number of other uh, plastics that are not safe anymore. Uh, they initially had some plastic they put in the early 70s that's not allowed anymore. So that's one thing that's really good to know is where that gas line is traversing over your property, what the material is, and every service line should have a shutoff valve out in the yard somewhere at the curb. We call it a curb valve or a shutoff valve. Everybody should know where that is and make sure that you can access that cover and open up the cover to see what's in there because oftentimes they get filled with dirt. So knowing where your shutoff valve is, knowing the signs of a gas leak, uh, dead or dying vegetation, the odor, and uh, obviously if you hear a roaring sound or hissing. But those are the things that the homeowners need to know. And also, inside the home, if they smell gas, there's typically a leak somewhere. So that's another issue that we've been working on quite a bit. I want to get to that in a minute, but uh, just step back for a second. For homeowners who have no idea what to look for in terms of the gas shutoff valve, and certainly have no idea what kind of pipes are running into the house or how old those pipes are, um, where can they go to get that important information? That's a really quick, great question, Edward. And I suggest that property owners contact their local gas company and just ask them. 
what the condition is of their gas pipe, what when it was installed, what the material is, what the pressure is, because there is also varying pressures that come up to houses. Some of them are very high. Most of the cities are very low. So it, it really is good to know what the pressure is out there as well. And this, the gas company has all this information at their fingertips, everyone across the country. They know, they should know what these materials of these pipes are and convey that to the property owner. Um, I've often said that uh, most people, if they knew they had a 100 to 150 year old gas pipe coming into their property, would probably pay to have it replaced rather than wait for it to start leaking or wait for the gas company to replace it due to some project. And that's what's been going on now is oftentimes they wait till there's a reported leak at the house before they replace the line. So that's what I would do with my own home. Well, Bob, uh, replacing uh, pipes is one thing, but paying for them would be something else. Who would bear the cost of uh, replacing those pipes that go into the house, uh, the homeowner or the gas company or, or even local governments? It's a really great question, Edward, because it varies from location to location and basically really state to state. In Massachusetts, the gas line is owned to the outlet side of the meter by the gas company. And most of the gas service lines that are underground are owned by the gas company and are replaced by the gas company. If you had a hundred year old gas line and you wanted it replaced because it, you felt it may be unsafe, I'm not sure if the gas company would just outright replace that line or, or charge you to replace that line. Now, in other states, I know that I believe in Kentucky, uh, the customer owns the gas pipe from the street. So the customer would have to pay for that service line. And I've seen in Texas where meters are all at the curb lines. So the property, the, the customer owns the service line going into the house. So the customer would pay. And my estimate on the service lines is three to $5,000, depending on the length of the line. Uh, for a new, a new gas line to be put in. That's what the gas company typically would say for the cost of a new line, three to $5,000. Well, quite a, quite, a, quite a potential expense for, uh, for people to bear if they, if they have to. Well, so far, Bob, we've been talking about gas leaks uh, outside of the homes, but gas leaks inside houses and buildings uh, are also an important issue. Uh, is that right? Yes, and it, I've always believe that this may be the most important issue uh, regarding gas leaks. Uh, it could be because of the human health aspect. Uh, we did a study of the contents in gas and as a gas employee, gas company worker, we were always told that gas was non-toxic and non-corrosive to the humans. It was just, would, you would suffocate if you breathed it in for lack of oxygen. But today we know that there's benzene, toluene and xylene present in the gas with over a hundred other VOCs. Recently, we've heard about the NOx problem, it's NO2, which is when gas is burned, which is also a problem, um, you know, for human health. So our research has shown that, that the gas is uh, harmful to human health. And now we're looking at concentration levels uh, where we've noticed that every home serviced with gas has a slightly elevated methane level due to leaks, incomplete burning, 
And uh, some houses we believe are extreme outliers with 10 to 20 to 30 times what you would normally see uh, for a level of gas inside a home. And these go undetected by the standard instruments uh, that measure methane inside the house um, unless you're right on top of the leak. And these are very, very small leaks, but we're concerned about what they would do to human health. Well, it sounds like natural gas leaks uh, on one level uh, is a crisis waiting to happen. Of course, as you said earlier, uh, if a uh, backhoe bumps into a gas pipe, car rams into something that causes uh, a pipe to explode, that's, that's not preventable. But the garden variety, the basic gas leaks of uh, leaks uh, in the house, leaks on the street, um, those seem to be almost preventable crises if uh, people act quickly to report the gas leaks and if uh, companies act quickly to repair them. Uh, is that right? I think public education is key. You need, you need the public to know that when they smell gas, they should call 911 and get the leak fixed. And, you know, that's been the problem here in Massachusetts and other old uh, communities. It's really the old cities. We have a lot of gas odors and they're not fixing all the leaks uh, uh, in, a, in a really efficient manner and, and, and getting right on top of them. They're, they're actually very slow to repair a lot of these leaks, which I believe causes a lot of problems. So people just need to be vi vigilant and be aware that these gas leaks can, can turn really serious in a short period of time. If you smell gas, you really need to call 911. We have about a minute or so left, Bob. Uh, we'll be sure to include information uh, about your website and how people can uh, contact you directly. We'll include that in the show notes. But uh, before we end today, is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Well, yet yeah, realize the potential danger around your home. After investigating multiple explosions around the country and seeing what kind of damage can be done and, and, and seeing things, what I've said before is where are the gas lines in your home? Where are the shutoff valves? How old are these gas lines? And really the most important thing is if you suspect a gas leak, call 911. Let, let the professionals come out and see if you really do have a problem. And um, really just don't hesitate to call the fire department. Really, thanks, Edward. Great advice. My guest today has been Bob Ackley, a natural gas leak safety expert. Uh, thanks again for joining us today, Bob. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks. That's it for this edition of the Crisis Ahead podcast. My guest was Bob Ackley, a nationally known gas safety expert. Be sure to come back next week for more advice and insights on preparing for, managing, and recovering from a crisis, or subscribe to Crisis Ahead wherever you get podcasts. Remember, it's not a matter of if a crisis will hit your organization or company, it's when. And the sooner you're prepared for it, the better. Produced by HeartCast Media.